morning, good afternoon, and good night. And on this iteration of Creator Shatter for the Shatter After, we are talking with executive producers Nick Stanton and Devin Bunch for the great and new amazing show on Disney+. Plus. Haley's on it. Um, it is a great coming-of-age story with sci-fi elements, and it really teaches kids and adults alike to have confidence and doing the things that we really want to do and just going for it. So, guys, thank you for joining us on this uh, episode of The Creator Shatter. I always love talking over to creators about the work that they do, the content they create, and animation is a big part of my life. I'm a huge anime fan. I've been watching cartoons all my life. Um when I was small and now that I'm big. <laughs> so so I really had a blast watching um, the couple of episodes I was able to see. And I really want to get into this and get behind the root of the show and what inspired you guys to do Haley's on it. So from the replacements, the Emperor's New School, a gamer's guide to pretty much everything. You guys have been working together for years now. Um, how did this partnership come to be? And how did Haley's on it become the next project for you guys to work on? Uh, yeah, we 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 first met at college. Actually, we we both uh, we we came from small, cold, snowy climates. Uh, I was in Northern California. Nick uh, grew up in Minnesota, uh, and we we both went to USC in in Los Angeles uh, for screenwriting. And we were actually in the the same sort of small uh, program together, um, and immediately became friends and sort of were the two guys that messed around in the back of class. And it, after our first uh, semester together, they actually separated us into different classes because they thought we were a distraction to everyone else. Um, so it wasn't until our senior year that we uh, we were lucky enough to take a, 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 a like a pilot writing course, uh, like an elective where you would write a, a sitcom pilot. And our professor was a, a man named Jay Moriarty, who uh, also who used to be a, uh, the showrunner of the Jeffersons with his writing partner. And he encouraged us to uh, write together because you could tell that we sort of had the similar tastes and we enjoyed joking around together. So we did that for the class and it worked out well. We ended up creating a show at USC that got produced at USC. And then we started writing uh, after college together. And, and our first our first uh, writing gig was at Disney Television Animation, animation um, for a show called Brandy and Mr. Whiskers. And we have been doing that ever since, just writing together and and that's awesome. And our last few shows are ones we created together as well. Nice. How did you arrive as Haley is on as your next project? Where did this project come from? Yeah, it really sort of um, came from an idea for a scene, and that a version of that scene ended up in the uh, first episode. But it was. Uh, basically the idea that there's this regular 14 year old girl and a, you know, this crazed professor from the future, uh, you know, comes into her room. And the idea for the, this, the original scene was like, she has two minutes to tell her all of this stuff about the future, the, her future, um, the things that she does and the future of the world and all this kind of stuff, but can never really get the information out because the conversation keeps getting sidetracked by, you know, wait, who do I go to prom with? You know, what, you know, what's the, uh, you know, all this different, you know, you know, stuff just keeps getting in the way. So we had this idea for us, that idea for a scene. And then from that, we sort of built out a world, really. It was sort of, you know, who's Haley? And we came up with her character. And then she's got this next door neighbor, best friend, Scott Denoga, and it's, you know, they're best friends, but maybe they're more than friends. And so we thought that was interesting. And then we put 
came up with the character of Beta, um, you know, and and we just kind of kept adding ingredients to the soup. And pretty soon, um, you know, we had a whole series and and then we wrote a pilot script. Awesome. So I can see one of the things that I've enjoyed so far is it's a coming of age story for Haley and pretty much character around her, but it has a lot of all these sci-fi elements built into it. So, so this whole sci-fi aspect, uh, the whole thing with the time glitches was, I find interesting and hilarious at the same time. Uh, the fact that she has to worry about whether or not to confess her emotions or the world will burn on fire and the pandas will be on fire. Like the idea that all these, I love how it's a, like a metaphor about the fact that when we're that age, everything feels that big. The emotions are that big. So I like the idea of sci-fi as a means of just exploring more of that early years of, you know, teenage dumb adulthood and stuff like that. So I, I love how you guys mix all that in, into the show. And one of the things that I love about the show, which I, I kind of, uh, saw as a major theme and I wanted to get your take on it on why this theme was so important and it's this theme of every action that Haley makes or everything that she actually do has an effect in the world has an effect in her relationships um, whether it's in an immediate scale or in a global scale and I like the idea of the running theme of kind of like portraying that to to the audience like you have an effect whether good or bad, it's whether whether you take it, make a decision to do something or to do nothing, you have an effect. Why was that an important message to be at the core of Haley's on it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you sort of hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's we always liked the idea that of having a theme where anyone can kind of make a difference and and sort of uh, you know do great things. Um, so. You know, we thought it was very interesting that this character that that sort of embodies feelings that we all have, right? Self-doubt, second guessing, uh, how am I gonna do this kind of thing? If she got a peek behind the curtain to see not only are you capable of doing all this stuff, you will and you it will help you become a better person. That was sort of a fun little target to set. But then the show itself actually is, well, I, I still don't know how I got there and I still have to right. do everything, you know. So, you have to deal with the emotions. You have to exactly. deal of actually doing it. <laughs> exactly. Even though yeah. it's stuff she wants to do and it's stuff she knows she's capable of doing, it's still not easy, right? So, right. You know, and and yeah, the time glitches and the sci-fi elements were a great way of both, um, I guess, sort of showing exactly, you know, what what you know that 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 the the, the effects that your actions can have as well as providing extra obstacles, you know, along the way, you know, so, so nothing is, nothing is um, easy, I guess. Um, right. And sort of to your point, you know, it's also the idea that it, there's great comedy in our minds and there always was when we first developed it with ordinary kids in extraordinary circumstances that just always, that's always been a funny sort of space to be in in our minds and and you know going back to shows like Futurama or Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure the show we, we a movie we loved as kids um but also there's you know you can get real comedy out of in our minds of sort of these small sometimes small seemingly pointless tasks like uh we have one that's uh spend all my old gift cards right so it seems like easy and fun and it's a shopping spree but suddenly there's these world you know 
saving stakes on every little thing that she has to get done. And and I can't wait for that episode now. Now I need that episode in my life. (laughs) And and that one actually it ends up just being a complete diversion from that. They 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 find out they have a gift card to Butterburger, which shut down because it was so gross. And there's only one left, and it's in Flagstaff, so they have to do a road trip. But Scott invites Christine on the way, and now it's a three wheeled kind of thing. So it's it's fun because we have all these 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 really interesting sort of dynamics playing off of each other. I like I like the 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 low key thing with fast food, like the whole thing with the gravy cakes. Like they want a gift card for gravy cakes, and I was like, oh, "This is disgusting!" Like, I, 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 what, <laughs> what, what what are we doing? <laughs> no, but yeah, like all those all those littles, all those little relatable moments. Like, and also I like the fact that you without not only do you use the sci-fi for spectacle, right, and to go introspective with Haley's character, there's always those little moments where. She sees the immediate effect of like in the beginning in the pilot, right? In that in the immediate effect of her not doing anything after barfing on Scott <laughs> means that now she lost her chance to actually do it without causing any more harm. Because now Scott has a he has a girl. And that changes dynamics, changes things. Um, so we love Haley. We love how relatable she is. We love how quirky she is. We love how competent but also how confident she is in herself when she needs to be like when she really sets the mind to it there's no one more confident than Haley um Aro Carvalho plays Haley how was the journey to casting her finding her as your Haley and I did notice also and I, and I, I this supposed to be another question but there's no way that I can move it now is is that as Aro Carvalho is a Pacific of Pacific Islander descent that was that something that influenced how you shaped Haley and her family and her culture? Uh, yeah, well, first of all, with Ali'i and really our whole cast, we really got lucky. I mean, you know, we sort of had a, a dream cast wish list uh, written out and, and you know, we ended up getting them. Uh, you know, it was just really a stroke of luck. With, with Ali'i specifically, um, you know, we, we'd written the pilot script and, um, you know, before we, had had her cast so we really did um you know tailor the character um to her um okay that's and, awesome you know in, in with her you know ethnicity and and you know her uh, uh hawaiian heritage you know we have, i don't know if it was, maybe it was in some of the episodes but she you know her dad kai is is yeah. hawaiian um on the show so uh you know we sort of tailored the character to that. And, and also the fact that she has this amazing singing voice. Um, that was another thing, you know, she was, uh, you know, that wasn't really part of the show to begin with like, in terms of her singing. I mean, we always love music, but like, you know, in, in some early episodes, she really literally finds her voice and, you know, we've worked that into a lot of episodes and, and in well fun. done. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's awesome princess so we're gonna you know yes with a great yes. voice so we're gonna use it it's freaking moana <laughs> exactly. yeah and, and by the way um shout out to whoever thought of naming her little brothers Dwayne and johnson <laughs> shout out to that brilliant mind because as soon as i heard that in the sandcastle episode i lost it i was like these damn it <laughs> it was great it was really now you mentioned her amazing singing voice and the music of the show is phenomenal. 
from the theme and from the fact that in the 12 minute episodes, y'all are able to fit an entire musical on hats. <laughs> um, for Dorable, again, Disney hit, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> like, how did you guys land on Matthew Tischler and Andrew Underberg as your music supervisors, composers, because they're doing an amazing job. Um, how did that dynamic come to come to be? Yeah, they're 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 incredible. Um, honestly, it, it it worked out because in the pilot we we wrote the song uh, for the the love boat ride the uh, <laughs> the uh, kiss your what a horrible song. song. Yeah, so we we wrote we we wrote a song. You know, just we thought it was funny that she would be, be in this situation with an yeah. on the nose song playing over it. Um, and and so during the pilot stage, uh, we went out to just a number of different uh, composers and songwriters to kind of get their takes on it and. They turned in the version that essentially is in is in the, the the pilot now or in the episode 101 now, and we fell in love immediately. We're like, this is amazing, and and so we met with Matt and Andrew and and kind of uh, talked to them about possibly coming on as our full time composers and songwriters. And it became quickly clear that they had the same taste in music. They they had the same sense of humor. They got everything that we wanted to do with the show, and just everything was super additive. So. Um, we we it was a it was a perfect partnership right from the start and and we we couldn't imagine doing it with anyone else at this point. Yeah, they've they, they've done an awesome job, um, and and it and I love how I always love when you take music and make it as, as additional storytelling beats, because you have those little subliminal lines there that if you're really paying attention, they're really informing on. It's another way of telling story, and best composers do that. That's awesome. Yeah, we have a lot um, more of that coming up later in the season too, as well. Ooh, yeah, I'm excited. Um, now, I love. I used to love Kim Possible. I still love Kim Possible. I used to watch it a lot when I was a kid, and I think that one of the best things that that show has is the Kim and Ron dynamic. You have this brilliant, super able young woman, right, and then you have this kind of dorky best friend. That is along for the ride, but he's amazing in his own way. Um, even if it's if you really have to look for, it. <laughs> but she sees the amazingness. Like I see a lot of that dynamic in Haley and Scott. How did you guys land on that being like the center dynamic of the show and um, on Manny Jacinto as Scott because he's great. <laughs> yeah, we at this point uh, we couldn't think of anyone else as as Scott because he's so unique in terms of his like rhythms and you know we're just huge fans of of. Manny. Um, yeah, in terms of the dynamic, um, you know, yeah, it was, it's a little, a little like Kim Possible. I could, see, I could see, um, although H Haley kind of has her dorky moments too, you know, yes. at least in the yes. beginning. So, uh, yes. it's also a little bit different. The one thing that we also thought was interesting, um, and you don't see it too much in animated shows is that, you know, their relationship changes over the course of the series. Um, and, uh, you know, there's twists and turns, like, you know, in the, in the first episode, Scott starts dating Christy and the Hat Queen, and um, yeah. and I'm not going to spoil it, but there are a couple other, like, big twists that happen, even in the first season, where the, you know, the the game pieces kind of get thrown up in the air, and and the right relationship dynamics change, and and we thought that was really interesting, you know, not doing a, an animated series that resets every episode, but, like, telling a relationship story that grows. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was actually going to mention that I, I like because there's kind of like a, a episodic and serialized 
hybrid in the way you guys tell a story because there is an overarching story, right? It's the idea of Haley fulfilling these quests or things in every single episode, but you still have, and every single episode has a different beat to it, a different type of thing that she's trying to accomplish. Um, but there is those serialized through lines of every episode we're finding out where their relationship is at. And there is significant things that happen to the relationship. Now, the last piece of the main cast, the great Gary Anthony Williams playing Beta. I cannot believe that this man is voicing a teddy bear <laughs> that has a deeper voice than I do. <laughs> but he's hilarious and sarcastic. Like, how did Beta come to be? And how did Gary end up being the voice of this great character? Yeah, I mean, the, the character of Beta sort of came out of, I guess, necessity in the sense that we were trying to figure out a way to kind of creatively keep the list items coming, but not being able to always know in what order or whatever. Yeah. You know, kind of, we needed a device to sort of have uh, Haley get the help and, and suggestions for which list items she should be doing. So that, we kind of came up with the character of Beta from that. And then I'll say getting Gary was probably the one huge benefit of the pandemic. Uh, we, we, right after we had heard and, and fell in love with Ali and Manny, the pandemic hit, and we were sort of forced to produce our pilot with Scratch, which is, you know, sort of having fill-in uh, uh, actors that had their own home studios. Um, and we actually ended up with really great people all, all over the place. But Gary was the person who was, he was already sort of on our list of let's consider, but he had his own home studio. And so, you know, we went ahead and gave him a shot in the, just in the sort of pilot scratch phase and he just blew us away he's so he's so funny he he fits perfectly into that character and and now we literally couldn't imagine anyone else or any kind of different voice or rhythm out of beta he he just sort of he brought it to a whole other level that we we absolutely loved and 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 we're, so we're we're thankful that that sort of pushed our hand to find him and then it, it worked out great that's awesome. No, he's he's great in, in a bunch of things. I love him in Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur as well. So he's doing a great job. You guys have done an amazing job building this amazing show together. I hope that millions of people enjoy it as much as I have. Um, I can't wait to watch more of it. Um, if you guys could give us a a simple taste of what's to come in in this first season of Haley's On It, what could you tell us? Oh man, a lot of a lot of twists and turns in Haley and Scott's relationship. Um, uh, monster kaiju, things from the future, a lot of crazy sci-fi stuff. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, and we do, oh man. An infestation from future creatures. Um, yeah. we, have some, we have some spooky episodes. We have a, uh, I know what you did last summer, summer parody that, that, uh, you know, lots of fun stuff. We we go a lot of fun places and stuff that you would not expect. So, and a Christmas episode. That's and a Christmas episode. You have to. Yeah, you have to. Do. <laughs> that is awesome, guys. Thank you for your time, um, guys. Go check out Haley's on it on Disney Plus June eighth on Disney Channel June eighth Disney Plus June 9th. You're not you don't want to miss it. It's an amazing show. Go check it out. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Devin, for joining us for Creator Shatter. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Brandon. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having us.